This is Tuesday, November 23rd. I love the sheer honesty of the Christian writer Phyllis Thoreau. She began an article that appeared in the New York Times in this way. Many years ago, I took a civil service exam that contained certain questions designed to sort out the people who had messiah complexes or thought that J. Edgar Hoover was giving them varicose veins. Those questions were easy to spot, although the only one that sticks in my mind is, do you think you were a special agent of God? I paused and thought about all the government benefits which hung upon my answer and wrote, no. Then Phyllis said, I would like to think that under the same circumstances, Mr. Hoover might have lied too. That's funny, but think about it. Do we live our lives like what we do matters? Like we have a commission from God? That's one of the questions of this week as we look at the story of Jonah. He knew that God had a mission for him, but he would have nothing of it. He ran from the Lord and boarded a ship. But that's not the end of the story. Jonah's actions put an entire ship in peril. The Lord sent a storm. And here's what happened during the storm. You'll find it in Jonah chapter 1, verse, verse 11 to 16. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they, that's the sailors, asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now we read the story of Jonah and get hung up on the great fish that swallowed him. If we, if we do so, we miss the point. It's a red herring. The real story is about Jonah and the Lord. And by this time, Jonah knows that the storm has arisen because of him. He doesn't use this time to repent of what he's done. He asks the sailors to throw him into the sea. In truth, they seem to fear God more than Jonah does. They did everything they could to protect Jonah's life, and that's why they tried so hard to return to shore. They were better people, likely more moral than Jonah himself. Jonah cared nothing about the city of Nineveh, but the sailors were trying to save him. Now, this is sad, but often true. The most moral person in your neighborhood may be someone that does not even believe in God. They may be more honest, more humble, more fair-minded than you are. That means you are not in Christ because you're a good person. Your place with God is all of grace. You see, Israel had this pride that said they were better. 
It's true, they were God's people, but in reality, they had wandered far from the Lord. Their place with God was all gift, but they couldn't see that. Instead, they felt felt superior to their neighbors. And this is important for us to see because it's easy for us to look at our neighbors, to look at our city, and to be filled with pride, to think that we're better than other people. But this is a trap that keeps us from enjoying God's grace and keeps us from sharing God's love in our city. Salvation is not about who is good enough because no one is good enough. It's about the goodness of God and his mercy toward those that come to him with nothing but faith. We are saved by faith alone because of God's grace alone. But often it's our sense of our goodness that keeps us from enjoying grace and also keeps us, as we've said, from loving our neighbors. I love what happens next. Very reluctantly, the sailors throw Jonah overboard. They cry out to God for his mercy, and they make a sacrifice to the Lord right then and there. At this point, we should be more concerned about where Jonah stands with God than the sailors. As today, sailors then were not known to be the most spiritually inclined. But the the honor given to God is unmistakable. It looks like worship. They make a connection between what is happening in their world and the God that is sovereign over all. Now, I want to return to Phyllis Thoreau and her comment about being a secret agent of God. That question was put on her secret service exam to weed out people that were perhaps a little unbalanced or who suffer from grandiosity. In psychological parlance, this is a person with an exaggerated sense of their importance, their power, their knowledge, or their identity, with no evidence to support this belief. But isn't this what God tells us is the case? We are on mission from him. We may run from that, but clearly this is what the book of Jonah is there in part to teach us. Not that we are more important than we are, We know God's grace makes the difference in us and in our world. But because we are called to bear his grace in the earthly city. When I think of Jonah, I think of Jesus, the man that looked to others just like any other man. But in truth, was the son of God and the son of man. I think of his obedience and faithfulness, how he was faithful to the Lord in everything. But you will not find even the smallest whiff of pride in him. You see, he came not to judge, but to give his life as a ransom for many. And this is the gospel that we rest in today as we think about how God has called us on mission in the city in which we live. Let's pray together. Loving God, our problem with pride can be so pervasive that we cannot see it. This keeps us from loving others and from fully enjoying your grace. Forgive us, Lord. Restore in us the joy of our salvation. And remind us of your love for our city. And teach us how to love it too. In Jesus' name, amen.